Are you ready for some fun? Oh, yeah! This service is brought to you by the Pleasure Club. If you're under 18 and do not wish to be billed, please hang up now. Who said buying a home should be uptight and boring? It's time for Patty's Playhouse, your local real estate talk show with Patty and Scott. It's house talk with a happy ending each and every time. Patty's Playhouse with Patty and Scott starts now. Working out to find what a way to make a living. Patty, getting by, it's all taking and no giving. Just use your mind and they never give you credit. It's enough to drive you crazy and you let it. Ready for some fun? Oh, yeah! This service is brought to you by the Pleasure Club. If you're under 18 and do not wish to be billed, please hang up now. Who said buying a home should be uptight and boring? It's time for Patty's Playhouse, your local real estate talk show with Patty and Scott. It's house talk with a happy ending each and every time. Patty's Playhouse with Patty and Scott starts now. Working night to Good morning, Tallahassee! Woo! We get a woo! If it, if it, is, if it is morning, <laughs> it is. I just did that for the first time and cracked myself Lord. up! <laughs> no one was prepared. Woo! And twice. God! No, that was hilarious, though. Oh, good morning, Tallahassee. We're like two weeks from Christmas, right? No, one week. One week. week. One, one week, and one a half. Day. Yeah, Uno. one week. Yeah. This has been a fast holiday season. Dude, I've been doing Christmas cards for the last three days. I need to start in June. <laughs> it's been a lot. Just keep signing. But all I'm so, after, no, after the new year, just no, keep no, no. signing. Patty is tech savvy. So Patty mm. figured out how to take the odd size Christmas card and run it through that printer with a fake signature of Patty and Scott. Nice. <laughs> nice. Very happy. Nice. They look fabulous. My sister was like, whose signature is that? I'm like, oh, it's a font. <laughs> It, it looks fabulous. It looks though. like ours. It does. Hey, it's good enough for King Charles. It's good enough for me. Sounds good to me. You know what I'm saying? No. So, no, really, that's all I've been doing. Nobody's got time to sign. Database and Christmas cards. Oh, no, my hands. Nobody can read anything. It's bad. I have I have worse handwriting than my father. I don't think your handwriting is bad. Mine's not bad if I <laughs> Yours try. is really nice. If I don't try. If I try, it is. If I don't try. Your print is very architectural looking. Well, I was going to be a uh, architect, so that probably makes sense. <laughs> well, there you go. 
And then I just became a bean counter instead. And now here I am. We have a guest today. Yeah. Well, first of all, we should introduce ourselves. I thought we were going to get a woo out of that. <laughs> I'm Patty Wilson. <laughs> woo! Or I should say, I am Patty Wilson. Right. Woo! Exactly and that is Scott say. Cowart. And yes. then Gregory Tish is behind the glass. Am and I, I'm he in is trouble? Our, he's our show producer. You are now that you didn't and woo. I, if Gregory, you're watching, yes. Gregory, if you're watching the Facebook Live, I've moved my seat because now I could see everybody. I, my ah. fat pack isn't facing the glass. It's She nice. could always see us. She She's worried about what the people, people at home think. can see. <laughs> so let's, let's be clear on this. No, I'd like to see. <laughs> She's reverse engineered the whole thing, and no, but, his directions are very. He's very handsy she's, with his. She staged the room. Hmm. I styled it. Yes, by styled. moving myself. <laughs> every or, every shirt, ornament has a well, place on the tree. I'm very Some excited because this top back. is a size 14. Very so good. I just wanted everyone to know. Whittling away. I'm a whittling and she's, a whittling. She, she's a, a she's little a, whittle pill. A whittle little whittle pill. That's what we, she is. We do have a guest, Michael Smith. Yes. Otherwise known as Pastor Michael Smith to many people. We're going to talk about him, but he's also a property appraiser. But we're going to talk about Tallahassee. Today. You know how I like a good analogy, uh-huh. of Pastor Michael Smith. Yeah. I'm, I almost said this, and now I'm going to PMS. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Is his mic up? Call I mean, me that. Oh, there is I mean, his mic. I, I was like, you won't believe how many people call me that. <laughs> yes, I, and I, I doubt they're thinking of it from that regard. Well, so we're going to talk about Tallahassee, and a lot of it's not preachy Tallahassee, but it will be a difficult conversation, mm. and we'll talk about that the next segment because so much crime is here. And Michael is in real estate. He is an active property appraiser. He used to work for the county as a property appraiser. He worked with us for a long time. So I just wanted. I thought he'd be a great person because he's he's clear about how the topic should be portrayed. And one of the crimes that has upset me so much was I I don't we don't need to say the gentleman's name, but he was like 21 years old and he went and shot up family basketball courts. Mm. And come to find out the next day, Tallahassee reports, which is on every Tuesday and Thursday at noon with Steve Stewart, um, reported that his father was already in Leon County Jail. So you have a 21-year-old in jail with his father in another pod of the jail. And I thought it just really bothered me that there is no hope for some of these kids. So I actually mentioned it to Michael. He he reached out to me. He said, Patty, you're still doing your show? I said, oh, you know, to me, that's the Holy Spirit. And he and I was like, yes, as a matter of fact, I'd love to have you on to talk about crime in Tallahassee and how people have settled Last night we were at Tallahassee Quarterbacks Club and a gentleman named Marty Smith, who's a, he's an ESPN, um, reporter. He, he does college football now, but he used to do NASCAR and he has a book called Never Settled. And I thought that is a great theme for today that so many of our teenagers, young adults, adults, grandparents have settled and are allowing these, the homeless encampments the kids to go to school with guns because they don't want to, they're maybe afraid of their child. Who knows why? I'm driving down Gaines Street yesterday to go to the University Center Club and it looks like little India. And I'm going to disparage people today. You have Jeremy Matlow. I'm like, are you proud of what you, what your help creating down here? That Jack Porter that, are, is she proud of this? Because they're doing drugs. So that's what we're going to talk about today because we all live here. And if you don't want to go down Gaines Street 
and see little India. And I don't even want to put, I think India's cleaner than some of what we got. Mm. The encampment going that was over by us with Red Hills Market by the radio station that they've cleaned out. It, it, but they're settling. You have these activists in D.C. If anyone knows Rock Hill, um, the National Park Service is where that Chandra Levy was killed, remember, a long time ago? I do recall. I do in the recall. 80s and 90s. They're, now they're calling homeless park residents. You're not a park resident. Mm. You're a homeless addict. That's what you are. You're an addict. And until people start calling each other addicts, you're going to have a bigger problem. So I want to, Michael, just maybe see what he sees. Because he went <clears> to <throat> Gobby today, which is Amos P. Gobby High School. That's talked right. to some teenagers. Mm-hmm. He talks to a lot of kids in sports. Yep. He coaches. His kids coach. Um, his kids are like scholarship. Two college athletes. Yeah, two scholarship <clears throat> athletes. So he is a bit younger than we are. And I just thought it'd be interesting to have him on and, and talk about that. We're going to talk about real estate too, because Mike was a review appraiser his last goal, his last go round. So yeah, no, I mean, the, the climate in our world, uh, seems like Tallahassee is a microcosm of it. And, you know, if you want to look at it from quote unquote a scriptural standpoint, we're coming to the point where it says men's hearts will fail them because of fear. Mm-hmm. And so now there used to be a time where people stood up for standards, you know, and you're <clears throat> you could tell who was a Democrat and who was a Republican back then. At least people were hard lined and they had standards. And it was different growing up when I was a child during the Reagan era during the. Uh, and you grew up Bush. in Jacksonville. I grew up in Jacksonville as a black man. As a young if you can't black, understand as a his young, young tone man. of voice. <clears throat> Excuse me, just, you know, I, I do enunciate. And I, I have, <laughs> you do, in fact. No, but I mean, you diction. sound like you a black do. man, not that. Yeah, I do have a raspy yeah. type of, but more than more than anything, growing up in in a suburban area, um, there there still were dangers. And I'm realizing more and more, my life is the way, is the way it is. You know what? Because my dad spanked me. My dad. Worked as a, uh, you know, you talk about war. My mom worked for UPS and my dad worked for the post office. So you can imagine what some of the conversations were like <laughs> in my home. But my mom and dad were hardworking individuals and they held up a standard for me. They made sure that I was in sports. I was a latchkey kid. They made sure that I checked in. They made sure that I had what I needed. They made sure that I participated and I competed, you know, and when I competed, there wasn't participation trophies. They were winners and losers, right? And so talk about settling. But growing up, I had what I realize now, as much as they could, I had helicopter parents. And I think part of the problem that we have is we don't have that anymore. We don't have parents who hold their children to standards anymore. The problems that we have now is because we have a generation of young people that have absent fathers and mothers that are just trying to make it on their own. And so now, and, there, and there's so much disinformation as well as misinformation, thank you, um, being broadcasted to where there, there is, there is no, um, encouragement for growth. There's no encouragement for the great American dream anymore. I mean, I'm going into these stores where people are saying we've got to shut down early because we don't have anyone to work and they are paying well. Correct. And they're paying well. So the standards of working, the privilege of heart, of labor, of honest labor, um, it's not there. And it's due to me. 
I believe because we don't have dads and fathers and men that have standards that they can hold their children to. I have They're two- disparaged. The yeah. men are disparaged from speaking out. It's all female right now. And if you walk, and I mean, we're preaching to the audience because this is a more conservative station. Sure. But the... But, we know that the women are elevated, which is no problem because that is a lot of the women. You know, there's single women in my family with children, but the men are just put down, openly put down. So stick with us. We're talking with Michael Smith, Patty, and Scott. 850 Welcome back. It's Patty and Scott. We have with us Michael. Mike. I almost called him Michael Scott. Michael Smith, and I've known him for 20 years. <laughs> Michael Smith, and that was Sammy Davis Jr.'s version of the Christmas song. So if you like traditional, like old fashioned Christmas music, it's a good one. You know, it'll play in the background. It's there. really nice. Or on our playlist. Oh, it will be on our playlist. You, yeah. you decide. Patty's How Playhouse like Season 6 is almost wow. to an end, Scott. It, Hard to believe. January starts season seven if Lord. they still have us. If it's if, Can you imagine? if it's allowed, who knows anymore? <laughs> I'll allow it. Okay, you'll allow Good. it as long as you'll allow it. Well, I have to. I have to congratulate where congratulations are due, and our friend Shannon Young, who also advertises with the station, he advertises on Jeff Cameron's show, um, Legendary Home Loans. October 7th, our episode, which is published, you can go to Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Alexa, wherever you want, iHeart. Over 7,000 listens Whoa. because people were talking about rates Whoa. and people shared it and shared it and shared it. So 7,000. Rates are important. It's yeah, Unfortunately, they are. They are and important. And our government, which decided, has decided that real estate is bad for everybody, again, oh my gosh. cyclical 14 years later exactly. from the last one. They've decided it's all bad, so they you know, really don't want you to own a home. And so much of the family structure... Is based it's on that on uh, is and, the government and the vast majority of people's wealth is made through real estate, right? So it you is. you need Section Eight, which I'm a proponent of. I'm a proponent. I'm a proponent for investors to use Section Eight to find tenants. Love it. I think especially during the COVID, fabulous because if you got that check every month, you know. And if, if you're wishy washy on your numbers as far as can I afford it as an investor, can I not? Section 8's a fine way to go, and there's a heck of a waiting list. But the challenge with me with Section 8 is if you are a family, you probably won't qualify. If you're a single person with three kids, you qualify. But if you have a family, you don't. And that is something that's the government's fault. Well, yeah. But people have settled. It it dictates what people do in order to make the accommodations happen that they need happen. So instead of allowing people to make decisions for their life, we are pushing them to make the decisions that we would like them to make, and that's unfortunate. It is, because they don't get married. Whether they should be married or not, they don't get married for that reason. There's many things. There's people that don't get divorced in order for alimony. I mean, it's not just government. It It is statistically proven throughout just about all we do that we dictate 
what other people do by what we put in place. And it's just, it's really it's just awful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm divorced. My husband's divorced and we divorced two different ways. I divorced without alimony and paid everything up front because I had the ability to where he did not, could not. And so he'll pay it for the remainder of his life until she gets married. She will not get married because, she has because alimony. why would she? <laughs> so, you know, you, you just put things in place in your life and some things are regulated. Some things aren't, but, it's it's not unbelievable. It does, that's definitely the puts the man down for sure. We would for sure. Why, yes. Why? And that's part of the problem in our country. This the power of men are, are, it seems to be punished. You know, there's a small few. That's why you're here, Michael? <laughs> yeah, I believe that part of what we're dealing with is we have a fatherhood problem. We have a manhood problem. We we have a, an issue with fathers, dads learning how to be dads, learning how to care. Right. Back in the day, a man would just bring home the bacon and that was all that was expected of him. Correct. Now you've got to be a nurturer. You got to be a, an educator. Right. You got to be a janitor. Right. You've got to, you know, you're expected to take your wife out on two and a half uh, dates per month. Right. You, you, you got to be a coach. You've got to be, you know, uh, all of these particular things because the requirement for men to really support your family is paramount. You know, I've I've got I've, I've talked about you know I'm proud of my children, they they earn. How many children do you have? I have four children, two college athletes. My daughter was a a pitcher in college, college softball. She decided after her second year, during COVID, that pitching and softball wasn't worth her education. Good for her, right? She the program she was in that they didn't yeah Title Nine was called Title Nine, which mandatory requirements. For certain sports, equal male or female, I'm not going to voice my opinion on it. I'll just say for my particular, my daughter, there wasn't enough money being produced to really support her program, right? And so she had to weigh her education with the time she was put, putting into sports. Any college athlete is, it's like a job. It is a job. It, it is, is a more full-time rigorous. job. Absolutely. And people don't teach their kids that. They just think scholarship. No, you work for that school. You work for that coach. You work for that. And I think NIL has changed that. So you know you're now a brand. You're a full-timer. Yeah, but a lot of not Mm. a pro. Those are the top-tier programs getting that, right? NIL is top-tier right now. But anyway, she decided to come back home and go to Florida A&M because she wanted to be a pharmacist, and she's considering going to med school. And so, But you know what? You know where she got started? Me taking time out every afternoon in my yard Get it on a bucket and making her throw a softball to me until she can do it at almost 60 miles per hour, right, over and over. You know how many fights we had in the yard? I still got holes in my cracks, <laughs> right? And then my son, who's playing college basketball, he happens to be 6'6". Six, six. Which is so hard to believe because you're not. Yeah, I've got gator arms. <laughs> I've got short hair. But, but he's, he's, his coach is saying that he's the best kid he has. And he has a chance to make it because when I cuss him out for not doing what he needs to do, he doesn't put his hands on his head and stress out. He can take more than one person talking to him at a time. And he turns to me and says, yes, sir, coach. And the coach is touting him in front of the whole team. I'm like, whoa, don't do that. So they hate it. But he says, I love him. And he tell, he tells my son, you're here because of your parents. And my son, does. he's, he's growing. Because we don't like to have 
hard conversations. But any growth that's going to take place in relationships and change, usually change that has to happen, usually there's going to be a difficult conversation. And like we say, we've silenced the voice of men who have that authority and that power, not only to correct, but to change the destiny. We have the destinies of our children in our hands. And I'm just telling you, this young man that was murdered at FAMU, I don't, I don't know his dad. I didn't get the opportunity to know him, but I coached him for a while. I watched this kid grow up playing basketball. He was, when they say on the news, he was a joy. He was a happy kid to be around. I don't like some of the people that he was around, but he was out there on the basketball court from what we know, playing ball. And, and, and from what I hear, the dude that was shooting was losing. He got mad and came up there and began shooting random people as well as him, other people that were innocent. Like 12. I mean, there was a lot of, it was ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but you know what? Then we find out his dad is all currently incarcerated for for murder and hiding a body. Mm-hmm. Like, that tells you right there how powerful generational transference really is. Our de- What we do as dads are, is passed down to our children, whether we like it or not. There's a story about a guy, and he's... Just just since we're talking about this, he's not black. All right. I'm not going to say what color he is, but he's not black. He never knew his father. He's a pastor here in town. He never knew his dad. He didn't meet his dad until he was like 46, 47 years old. And when he met him, after not knowing him, he could tell his dad every problem that he had, I'm talking about the father. Mm-hmm. He was saying, he was saying to his father, you have this problem, you have that, that problem, because he knew that even, that well, even though I didn't know him. Continue on. Patty's he, having a malfunction. Yeah, that's okay. Even though I didn't know him. Facebook Live comes on no matter what. <laughs> that's right. Even though I didn't know him, everything that you are, I am, and he never do his day. Things that the attitudes, uh, uh, gestures, uh, idiosyncrasies that he had, problems that he had was passed on to him without ever knowing his father. How powerful that is and how powerful is it as us as uh, progenitors that we can affect the future of our children? Well, for sure. It goes back to the, you know, the same old question about nature and nurture and how it's really both. And you, I think we're all by DNA a product of where we come from. Absolutely. But our, how we're nurtured certainly, I think, determines more the path of where we go with that. Um, some struggles are harder than others. And we're all just kind of ergonomically responding to um, life, I think. And you mentioned something in the first segment that said, you know, it, the American dream. Mm-hmm. And the the reason why I think the product of, our childhoods, because I don't think we're that far off, because I was a latchkey kid. I'm a white male. Um, but I also had helicopter parents who didn't really helicopter as much as others. But the American dream has changed, and I'll talk more about that after we get back. Stick with us, Patty and Scott, 850 656 0009.
dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. Welcome back. It's Patty and Scott, and that is the uh, great Pearl Bailey. Cha-cha. Jingle bells, cha-cha. Doesn't it make you just look at Tish? He's out there bebopping. <laughs> didn't realize it was got Pearl Bailey. Thing. Yeah, it's Pearl Bailey getting his booth thing on in there. Uh, anyway. <laughs> back to Scott. Back, yeah, back to me. So what I was saying is that the American dream, I think, has changed. And not because we wanted it to change, but it has changed by virtue of the way that the world has changed and the way that I believe the raising of our youngsters is. And because we have to, or it's felt as if it's necessary to give everyone a, a, uh, a reward and everybody gets a trophy and you can't say anything that is derogatory and you can't say no. And God forbid you make a decision that is a good decision, but everyone doesn't like it. Right. So we've gone through it. And, and our youth today, I believe, are looking at the American dream as the entitlement it's, of it's what the dream is. We right. grew up no different than Burning you said it. in phase one where we watched our parents work very, very hard in order to make that a realization and to which we all have. And that's what scares me most is that we have this new generation where granted things have changed in the world and, you know, some for good, some for bad, but by virtue of the way that we have handled it and have become so seriously worried and afflicted by the thoughts of others that we can't do anything we have become paralyzed as a nation of doing nothing and that doing nothing is going to come back to hurt us i believe and that's the never settle as you know leon county schools just made a decision to put metal detectors in the schools they're gonna have dogs walk they're not wands Wands. Yeah. Okay, same thing. It's a metal detector. It may not be one you if walk they wand, through, right. yeah, they, but they, they're we, wanding you. You're. It's a detector of metal, typically. You know, That's it, scientifically true, I think. You know, I want to say this. <laughs> my dad, if he found out that I took a weapon to school, oh they, never even they wouldn't have to arrest me. <laughs> right. I would not even. That's, they would that. call my father. And he and his presence would terrify me. You know, I realized this as an adult. I told my dad, I said, you spanked me a lot. And you know what he said? No, I didn't. And then I thought, let me count. And I started counting. (laughs) I said, you're right. You just scared the hell out of me to the point to where if I did something bad or thought about doing something bad, the fear of my father. Tearing my butt up prevented me and kept me out of trouble. And I think that's part of the issue that we have within our world. We're afraid and don't understand the power of good chastisement, of correction. I'm not talking about beating beating me bloody and blistering. I'm talking about the rod of correction. There is a nerve on the derriere that goes directly to the medulla oblongata that communicates a message that nothing else can communicate. And I tell you what, I spanked my children early. My mother-in-law said this, we love you, but we want everyone else to love you. And so they spanked my wife, and I'm thankful for that. So my third child, I was not allowed to spank. My first ex-husband blew his top every time I would attempt to spank. And we all suffered the consequences for that. If I'd been allowed to spank him, he would have straightened up a lot earlier than he did. Because the first two did get spanked. 
you know, our, our But he was like, she's an abuser. He would call children and family well, services on me. Therein lies some of the issue. It's it, there's no balance in this. We've gone no. we've gone completely from one perspective to now a different. And there's no yin and yang. It's either yin or yang. Yep. That literally is where everything is. They, he would call, my ex-husband would call children and family, and I would be investigated. My second husband would be investigated, right? You were around. <laughs> I'm, so I'm sorry. This is where our cultures are a little bit different. <laughs> I've heard somebody. I tried one time. I, was, I felt I was going to get a spanking. And I was like, well, I'm calling the police. You know, my dad said, go ahead and call. Them. That's exactly. Well, I, I'm well, not black. And my, I, and my dad, would, my mother would have done the same thing. I mean, they were very good about communicating what's what happens in the world. They were very honest and transparent people. I think that's where my transparency must come from. But it was like, it is unlikely that you're not going to drink. But if you do drink, you absolutely do not drive. And if you do, and you're in jail, do not call do me. Not Don't call, call me. me. Do not call me. Don't call me. And, and that tells you, I mean, it's tough love, but I think it's what's required. I did not find out that one of my children, who shall be shall be nameless, <laughs> was with people that were beating up mailboxes. So she... She, Uh-oh. we now know who it is, 25 oh, years old till I found out she was arrested for that. Mm. I had no idea. And you know why? Because I would have beat her butt. So I mean, no one told me. But they were, she was deathly afraid of me finding but out. But we've, we've now moved into this new spectrum of, of parenting and it yeah. is to tell how great they are for whatever it is that they do the and how it couldn't. Parents. How it couldn't be possibly you, but it's the seven people you were with, right, that were knocking down the mailboxes. Right. I mean, it's just that constant sticking your head in the sand instead of just realizing. And just owning what you do. Exactly. Well, you know, my wife is a teacher. and She you, is. Yes. And, and you, she's been a principal, right? Uh, assistant principal, acting principal, dean of students recently, yeah. and now uh, doing reading and math coaching again. And she, she has more problems. With parents than she does with students and parents defending their children for wrongs that they have them on camera doing. I I think that that's where we are. But once again, my mom said, if your teacher calls me, I'm going to be on the side of the teacher. It, It wouldn't it. Sometimes I'm sure I had a right to think whatever, but no one ever had to call my mom about me because I anyway. did, right. You're going to lose. I'm going to lose, even, no matter, right, no matter what it was. And I get that, but it really was just to say that not, there are always going to be a bad seed in any bag of seeds that you get, right? There always will be. The more you, children right, you have, the, the likelier it is. It's not just a children <laughs> thing, but the more, the more teachers you have, it's not yeah. one that, it always takes one to ruin it for all of them, right? Mm-hmm. So you get to a situation where something happened and now nobody believes the teacher. Mm-hmm. They all are believing the their, child. Their, the child. And I, I just think it is again that yin and yang, not yin or yang, which is where we are today. I encourage your listeners, go and ask someone within their age group, within their friend circle, find out if they got spankings, not beatings, mm-hmm. and find out if that person that got a hairbrush on the butt, consistent spankings, if they appreciate what their parents did for them now that they're mature. Because our brains, what people don't realize is we're giving these kids choices now to find out what sex they want to be. Like, they don't even know how to tie their shoe. At 12. And you want to give a child an option to find out what sex orientation. They can't get a tattoo. 
They can't get a tattoo. They can't get their ears pierced. So the decisions, it's just a little too adult for them. It's a whole lot too adult. And <laughs> the standard that we don't have, that, that we fail to establish in our life, watch this, is the ceiling that people will have in their life. I'm going to say that again. The standard that fails to be established will be the ceiling that stops growth. And I have to realize that my dad uh, established standards for me. So they became stepping stones because we live in a world now that the people who have standards are the ones who excel. The people are, they are the ones that are your one, your top percenters, the people who know how to overcome adversity, right? Know how to be told no. And it's not, oh, it's, you know what? Who cares about your feelings? We're in this feelings generation now. <laughs> we don't care about your feelings. You can God care about have it. You can care about them for a day or two, but after that, I mean, people who are successful, people who are successful are those that are falling and picking themselves back up, which is knowing how to deal with adversity. Yes, sir. It is not. It's not about doing it all right. I've learned most of the most of life's lessons through doing wrong, not through doing right. And I think it is okay to do wrong. And I think the more that we challenge ourselves and our children to understand that doing wrong is okay to a certain extent it is okay and that's how we learn and that's how we don't do it again but instead we're trying to protect them and insulate them from everything so have you watched this uh ftx cryptocurrency meltdown this guy sbf is in the bahamas and he's lost like two billion dollars of other people's money like I, if government. It's, if it's the one that's on Netflix, I think I saw it. So he's it, he goes before the judge yesterday. His parents quit their jobs, take leave of absences. Both the Stanford professors fly to the Bahamas to save his butt. He lost billions, like think Enron, billions mm. of dollars of other people's money. Of other people. He money. says to the judge in the Bahamas, which is not the United States, I can't go to jail, Mister Judge, because I'm too depressed and vegan. His parents leave the jail to go get his medicine. They have cashed out all their money to try and get this man who doesn't just really deserve much legal help. They're running around getting his medications instead of being like, look, buddy, you lost $2 billion. Yeah. Stick with us, Patty and Scott, 850 656 0009. We keep on burning. No, I can't leave you. The world will keep on. You know, there are. It's a marshmallow world in the winter. Welcome back. It's Patty and Scott. We have Michael Smith, my friend and property appraiser, right? With us. Our number is 850-656-0009. We do sell houses. So last night, I had the opportunity to go to the Jamboree, they call it, the Tallahassee Quarterbacks Club. You should be my guest once next year. I'd love to go. It was supposed to be Ed Ogeron was going to speak, but uh, he was otherwise engaged with someplace better than Tallahassee. So we had Marty Smith, and he was very good. And that's where I got the idea, which we had already spoke about, but calling the show never settled because Mm -hmm. people do settle. They are settling. But back to Patty and Scott. So last night, I walk... In and I was in VIP Magic, Magic, which is Real Talk ninety three. Had a table, so we had a little VIP. We got some champagne to meet Marty. It was very nice. Some guy walks up to me and he goes, "Do I know you?" 
I said, I have never seen you before in my life. I know faces, but not But I'm aware of. No, I really didn't. He goes, I think I do. And I'm like, okay. He goes, well, I... Do you have a radio show? And I said, I do. And he was like, you're Patty? And he got all verklempt. It was very sweet. His name's Matt Mingus. And he was with, a, um, he's at Superior Realty. So I wanted to say his name. He always listens, but he always watches. I said, well, most people recognize my voice, but not my face. He goes, no, no, no. We watch every every week. Nice. Wow. So, yeah. Pressure. So, Scott, yeah. And Taylor Dove is with TC Federal. So I just wanted to give them a shout out. They had, yeah. He said, they have questions. I said, always message me. I'll, I'll, we'll answer your questions if we can't. If not, we'll find somebody who can. You know, Pat and Scott, I was sitting here thinking, uh, you know, about the shooting. There are some agencies that are actually doing some good work in our city. It would be good to hear about it's that. Underground. Um, Chief McNeil has come um, to pastors. And he, he's You mean formed, the sheriff? Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, Sir, Sheriff McNeil. And he's formed an all-in initiative where he's getting the pastors to buy in, and we're doing things within the community to try to help people who are hurting. Uh, FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Which, which was Bobby Bowden's organization. Absolutely. He started he's, he's it. He was major in FCA here. Kes McCorvey, who is one of my closest friends now. Uh, today, I was in Godby High School at 12 o'clock talking about, um, I, I talked to about 70 teenagers about life. About and they're hungry. You know what? This generation, they want to hear the truth. They want to hear. I talk to them about consequences. I talk to them about the ability to be great. There's a gentleman of mine who's doing it on a smaller scale uh, named Warren Cave, who uh, was an ex-offender. He has a clean start initiative. You know what he wants to do? He's trying to partner with people to buy shoes. Watch this. And have, this is something from church, a a 500-foot washing ceremony where you get kids who are underprivileged, you bring them out to an area, and we and officials wash their feet and speak positive words over them, give them a brand-new pair of shoes their size and socks and help them to understand that we care and you can change your walk. I mean, so there are well, people that powerful. are doing some awesome things. I didn't know that the sheriff had, which how I learned with uh, Steve Stewart that he had a program and he said that Steve mentioned with Tallahassee reports that this gentleman who did the shooting allegedly at FAMU and, and the father, that was the, the typical program that Sheriff McNeil is trying to fix yep. that generational incarceration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's some work being done. FCA, we're in almost every school. Almost every school during school, because we're a club, and if you could get your commissioners, uh, our uh, our people at uh, excuse me, not not, not the commissioners, the county. people at the county to not block us from doing what we need to do. Are they blocking? Well, there's uh, allegedly. Well, there's we'll talk some, about it off. Yeah, there's off some the radio. things that we you know some people don't like what we're doing, um, but we're having positive change. Um, there was a kid. There was a shooting by the movies. And there was a kid who I can't say his name who held his brother in blood I do and know that. watched him die. It was a couple of years yeah. ago, right before the pandemic. The one who held his brother and watched his brother die. I coached at Leon High School. And one of the reasons I was able to coach this kid and talk to him about faith uh, was because of FCA and me being able to serve and be involved. And today, that kid who held his brother and he had some emotional issues and the administration, the athletic administration at Leon understood that they gave that kid some grace. 
He ended up transferring, but guess what? Now he's a D1 athlete with an opportunity to go to Alabama and Oklahoma. So there's good work being done, but we need help. We need boots on the ground. We need people to care, people to share their gift. Everyone has a gift to give to this world, right? And we have to teach people how to cultivate that and how to spread love in powerful ways. And Everyone deserves hope. Everybody deserves hope. And when you see this generational incarceration, and I had the opportunity to work at the jail as a nurse, <laughs> you know, 20 years ago now, but mm-hmm. you you see the lack of hope. And you call it faith, you call it hope, whatever you call it, yeah. whatever your spiritual guidance is, you have to have something. It's not M- Mickey magic in the sky. You have to have something to get you going. Because otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, I think you definitely do. But I think I learned a long time ago that there are people who just hope. And I think they're, you know, a hope is not a plan. No. And I think you need people on the ground that help people take hope into execution. Yes. Right. And Thank I think you. therein lies the, the differential between those that I see is that we want to instill hope always, but we have to have people out there that can show people how to take hope to to what reality can be for them. I think that they think it's just hope. It, yeah. But show well, me the like way. That, that whole show me the way. Right. On I mean, Facebook. She, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Right, right. You know, it's yeah. a meme now. But it's you're right, Scott. There's just, there's just not a lot of action. Right. It. I think therein lies what I think most are really looking for is that you see people that have risen above the obstacles in their life. And you see people who are showing a different side of whether it be their culture, their nationality, their race, their religion. You want to be able to mimic that to the best of your ability, but show me the way. Give me, give me the step. What, how did you go about doing it? Well, that's information. Right. You know, so my people Correct. perish because of a lack of knowledge. You had a guy here who was a mortgage broker who, uh, I mean, uh, uh, what was he? Yeah. Uh, Shannon, yeah. yeah. Your great, your greatest show. What he was dropping knowledge. And what people don't understand is what hope is. Hope is positive expectation, right? It's not accomplishment, but it's positive expectation. It's one part, right? But now I've got to have a plan Correct. to be positive to expect. That's where knowledge and information comes in. And we talk about in, uh, generational incarceration. What people don't understand, there's also something or generational curses. There's something called generational blessings that I communicate to my people. Um, that's, that's a real thing. It's even in my life. My granddad was, you know, in his line of work, he was a taxi cab driver, right? And he supported his family that way, honest labor. Watch this. My dad was a postman, right? And he supported people. So he had a job driving outside. My granddad had a job driving outside. My dad supported my family as a postman. And my first real significant job when I was a young husband was working for Leon County Property Appraisers Office. And I had a truck driving outside. And it began my family. So there's something called generational blessing. I just want to say, I'm going to say this. People may not like it. They may like it. Um, the we, we, People like to talk about racism. I'm not going to say it doesn't exist. But in my community, in the black community, you know, I've been telling people that there's something greater than racism uh, that is called favor. And the key to racism is understanding the favor of some people call it the universe. I call it I call him God. I call him Jesus. And he 
favors his people through faith. And when you understand that, there's not anything that anyone on this earth can do to stop his plan for your life. You know what that does? That takes the responsibility off of how someone treats me and puts the responsibility of the choices and the decisions that I make in my life. And that consequence, reward, that's where it comes into effect. And if I success is making positive decisions and getting positive results over and over and over again. Amen. <laughs> sure. I mean, it, it, it is. And, you know, I think it was Einstein. If you're doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same results, then you need to try something different. And I think it's often that that we see in our <clears throat> our environment where it's like feeding. I, I, I watch. I was, I'm jumping back, I know, to this whole thing where we've got the homeless. It's like feeding the pigeons. Mm-hmm. And then the pigeons keep showing yeah, up. Yeah, we're not allowed to feed the just, ducks. And the pigeons keep showing up. The pigeons keep showing up. It is teaching them how to fish, My not, first. not not continuously feeding. That's right. At Lake Ellie, you're not allowed to feed the damn ducks. <laughs> but I... My, my Thank first, you, Scott. I mean, it's just one of those Scott things. Scott is dropping just, it today. Scott, my first pastorate <laughs> was actually with homeless people. So we had a businessman who went to Thomasville Marketplace every day and bought food. And we would go and get a bus and bus everyone in from the homeless station. And we would bring them and we would feed them and we would preach to them. And then we would also set them up for jobs and interviews. And we saw, plenty, we saw right. plenty of people come out of that. Well, that was a heavy show, but That's it right. was a, I loved it. So thanks for coming in. It's oh, Patty thank you and so Scott. Much. Patty's Playhouse, 850 656 triple zero nine. It's House Talk with a happy ending. Every time. <laughs> <laughs>